listening to the Aggie Parent and Family Podcast, a podcast produced by the Student Orientation and Transition Services here at Utah State University. The Aggie Parent and Family Podcast is a podcast for students and families of USU Aggies. Here we share practical advice from leading USU experts and students to help guide your student in their journey at Utah State. I'm your host, Isaiah Jones, the Transition Parent and Family Coordinator here at Utah State University. And I am Whit Milligan. I am the Director of Residence Life at Utah State. Residence Life is the program that works really closely with housing, with the students living on campus. Well, welcome, Whitney. Today, friends, we are talking all things housing for fall 2020. I know it's been the frequently asked question on our end since COVID happened, but even before COVID, housing was pretty popular, Whit. So it's awesome to have you here and Residence Life as well. So maybe we could jump in. Maybe you could say a little bit about yourself and we'll go from there. As I mentioned, I work with the Residence Life program here at USU. And I actually started here as an RA, a resident assistant, back when I was a student, what feels like 100 years ago. So I have been working with Residence Life for almost 30 years, and it's a really important transitional support program for students. And our primary focus is with first and second year students living on campus. We know that that's the most important transitionary time for a student. And so that's what we're here for. We have about 100 RAs that live out and help develop community and support our residents in the residence halls, help work through roommate issues, through whatever kind of mental health support people may need, academic support, all of that. So our guiding principles in residence life are personal growth, healthy lifestyles, social responsibility, and academic support. And so those are the principles that kind of guide what we do in our program. We're here for the students. When I first started at USU, I didn't realize that everything was done deliberately. So I just, all of my friends uh, who are still friends today, I came in 2009 and lived in the LLC and it was a great time. And literally I've gone to so many weddings over the years and the same groups, all that fostering community and facilitating. I just thought it was our own virtue, but I'm glad to know. <laughs> that's, that's the way it should be. You know, we're, we're very intentional about what we're doing and we, there's college students have been the basis of research, all kinds of research over the years, including best practices for supporting them for their persistence through college, their likelihood to succeed and do well. And all of it kind of starts with that, where they're living, how comfortable they're feeling, how they're connecting on our campus and with each other. And all of those things are so important. So we are apparently secretly helping develop and support students. I tell my staff a lot, like, it's not a secret. We should be telling them what we're doing, but they don't know that they're developing and growing and learning. And they, it's just part of the stage that they're in. And that's what we're here. Meet them where they're at and help them get successfully to the next level of college. So I'm glad to hear that you had a good experience in the LLC. That's what it's all about. Yeah, a very, a very good time. And that kind of makes sense why so many parents and students have been reaching out to us. They, it must be that they're either they're reading the research or they're kind of uh, intuitive uh, in this regard. And it kind of raises a question of what can people expect when they're moving in this for this fall 2020? Really good question. This, this fall is going to be a very different year, and as it is everywhere, with the COVID-19 situation and 
the safety precautions that we are planning to put in place, it, it, it has changed the way we'll be doing it. So those people who, who are coming back who were here last year, it's going to be a different experience. For those of you who are new, students who are new, it's going to be, oh, I didn't know this is how you always do it. But so what to expect is we... We're in, in an effort to keep mass crowds down, because generally when we have check-in start, everybody shows up at once and they bring their whole family with them. They're excited to get them moved in and their siblings and their parents, sometimes grandparents, everybody comes to help. And it's, it's going to be very different this year. We aren't going to be able to allow the crowds like that, but we're also spacing our check-ins out over a longer, more days. So check-ins will start on August 15th and run through the 30th. Classes begin on the 31st. There are specific time blocks that students will have to sign up for. Sign up for a time block for a specific day and time to move in. And we're limiting the number of people checking in to each building to 15 during each time block. Most of the time blocks are set for two hours. We're going to require that students are wearing masks while they're moving in. Our staff will always be wearing masks while they're working, but masks will be required, and then they'll be limited to two immediate family members who can come and be their moving helpers to get all of their stuff moved in. There are a couple of days where there are shorter time blocks, and they're limited to one hour instead of two hours. All of that information is online. They need to go in and sign up. Everyone will have received that email message that has a room assignment already, letting them know all of these instructions. And when our students have determined this is the day and time that's going to work best for me and my parents or whoever's going to help me move. And again, it needs to be immediate family members. We want it household members in order to just know that they've already been around each other and the COVID-19 concerns aren't going to be an issue for move-in. They'll be, they'll go into a program called signupgenius.com that's in that link that everyone was mailed. And that's where they'll sign up for the day and time. The housing really asks that students stick to what they sign up for as much as possible. If some sort of emergency arises, however, and someone needs to change that move-in day or time, they'll need to contact the housing office directly. They won't be able to go back in and just change it in the system because we're really trying to monitor and limit it to 15 people per time block per building. So all of the information for contacting housing is is in that email, but it, if to email them, it's info at housing.usu.edu, or you can call them at 435-797-3113 if you need to make a change in your sign-up. Yeah, I know that right now, uh, you know, a lot of some people have reached out and said, hey, I don't know if I if I received that email. Would you suggest that they go to this info page, info at housing if they didn't receive it or maybe it's an older email or something weird? Yes, yes. The email initially went out on July 15th. So anyone that had a housing assignment on that date should have received this and it will have gone to the email address that they put on their housing application. So to be sure, use that email address and then if maybe check their junk mail if, it, if they didn't see it. But yes, if they didn't get this information, they should absolutely reach out to housing at info at housing.usu.edu. Make sure they get that. That's the date that students could start signing up for those time blocks for check-in was July 15th. I believe we've had about 65% of people already sign up for check-in times. 
So people are being responsive and it seems to be a good system. We've never used it before. We've never had to. So it's all kind of a trial and error and see how it goes and and managing it as we go. But other things related to check-in, we'll have our resident assistants or RAs all present. The A-team has also offered to help if we need extra help because we're going to our, our goal is to be able to have students move, check in directly at their building and not necessarily just at the community office because we don't want to get people in lines and clumping together. So we still are working out the, the logistical details of what that will look like, but we'll have a lot of signage. We'll have a lot of people around with with Aggie shirts and name tags to help direct, like go park here, pull around here and go get in line here. And we're taking all of those things into account to try and help make that movement process run as smoothly as possible. We also really, really would like to see people being done with their move-in during the, the allotted time block that they have, because then the next group of 15 people will be coming to move in. And so we really want to help keep people spread out a bit. Now, a lot of people have called and they've asked about, obviously, COVID and what if someone gets it, kind of what the protocols are, and maybe you could say a little bit about that. Yeah, that is, that is a good question, and it's, a, it's one that's on everyone's mind for sure. So housing has set aside spaces to isolate students should that need arise. So if um, we will be working very closely with our campus risk management team as well as our emergency management team. There are a lot of different task forces working on different aspects of response for this. And we've specifically been working with risk management and emergency management who work very closely with the Bear River Health Department to determine all of these things. So we've got room set aside in the case we need to isolate someone, meaning where we need to move them to a different location away from others. We also have some protocols in place for quarantine, which means a student may need to remain in their suite or apartment or room, and it may impact their roommate also. So it really depends on the situation. That's the answer to so many things right now, right? Is It depends. We're not the experts at that, but we're working with the experts at that, and we'll be consulting with them as we get information about if we are worried or suspect that someone might have COVID, they're showing symptoms, but we don't know yet, what action do we take in that case? If someone tells us they've tested positive, what action do we take in that case? And there are systems in place for the university that, you know, students are going to be expected to report to our risk management and emergency management systems that they have COVID so that we can know what's going on, where, how to respond, how to manage it. So it'll be interesting to see We do have, I feel like we have a pretty good solid plan in place and work really well with those other offices on campus to just help make it make the best decision that we can make with the information that we have. That's great. And I I like what you said, and it makes total sense. You do have to deal with it on a case by case basis to see what the situation is and then work with those experts like you alluded to. I think that seems to be the best thing that we can do. But it also goes to show that. Uh, students generally and, and faculty and staff and everyone remembering we're a part of the Aggie family. So communicating is going to be key <laughs> this fall uh, in really terms good. of just knowing, hey, I think I'm feeling sick and letting folks know, right? Right. 
our RAs, they are students, they're full-time students. They live in the suites and apartments and spaces with the residents and they're frontline people for, as a resource to help, you know, connect our residents with important support resources they may need, whether it's related to COVID or some people really struggle with doing online classes. Some people are going to have several classes online and we're a great resource for connecting them with all kinds of support to help them get through the rough patches for all of this. The RAs are expected to and will be trained to reporting to the proper people and the proper channels at the university so that we just can keep a handle on what's going on. Well, this will definitely be the year of the RAs. They'll be, (laughs) they'll definitely need to be polished. We were telling our A team that, you know, as much as things have been so different and all over the place, our peer mentors and connections, our A team, our ambassadors, our RAs, like we'll really be relying on them to just help us with connecting them with, to all the resources that we have at USU. Yeah, Which absolutely. kind of uh, goes into the question, you know, a lot of parents and students have asked, you know, you referenced it earlier about you're having these eight different platforms and some students do have a majority of their classes online and there are parents and students who are concerned, like, are they going to be sitting in their room all day? And it sounds like this will be where the RAs kind of come into play, check in on them, make sure that things are okay and that they know where their their help and resources are. What would you say to that? I would say no, they hopefully they won't be sitting in their rooms alone all day. That is that's the opposite of what we want their experience to be and and what we know is is in, you know, it's like, "Yay, I'm going to college. I want to have that college experience." And it's certainly going to be different than other years. It's going to be a different year. And the, the social college experience is going to be different in nature than in the past, just out of necessity and out of being cautious and protecting health and safety of our residents. And so the RAs create what we call a community development plan every year as part of their job. And they take a look at some of the demographic information from the residents that will be coming. And then they'll be taking into account the whole social distancing and mask wearing and how does that influence some of the activities they normally would plan and will they be able to plan those those kinds of activities and events in the same way? Probably not because we are going to be requiring that students wear masks in the residence halls if they're not able to keep that at least six foot social distancing in say the lounge spaces or in the, the rec room spaces. So we're going to be paying attention to that but they are, but we but we still want students to get to know each other. Last spring, when when we first started to feel the impacts of COVID and a lot of people started leaving, we had to shift really quickly to a virtual support network system. And I know all of the different departments on campus are, are doing similar things, but RRAs are so creative in the kinds of, of activities and events and games and challenges and things that they created and implemented for their communities to help keep our residents connected with each other because that's their community. Like when you're here at school and you live here, this is your community. These are your, if they're your immediate roommates, they're your household. These are your people. And so we want to help 
really keep those connections going. And in the case of fall semester, we want to be able to still develop those kinds of connections and relationships. Again, we know that's so important for students and their success in being here and staying here and completing school. And then we also want our REs um, to connect with each person individually because they're going to be experiencing this whole thing in different ways. And they're going to need to know someone's there for them and checking in with them and helping them. You know, some people don't connect just immediately. Different people go about that in different ways. So the REs will be there to help, you know, help introduce them. Some of it may be virtually. Some of it may be not face-to-face like we might like, but there's still value in that. And we're finding that there seems to be a little bit more depth of learning about each other through some of these formats than face-to-face and just doing a fun social interactive game kind of thing. It can be really meaningful in in a different way. So no, we don't want our students just sitting in their rooms. We want to make sure they're connected, make sure they're supported, make sure they're having fun, make sure they're going to class, make sure that they're doing all the things they need to do. They're These are young adults and they're, they've got a lot of learning to do outside of classes. You know, that's, again, that's the main role of the residence life staff is to support that student development. And we know one of our mottos is you don't know what you don't know. So a lot of times students don't know what to ask. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to ask. I don't even know what I'm doing. So providing them with a lot of information and not waiting for them to ask and and continuing to do that in order to, they don't really pay attention to it until it's relevant to them. So keep pushing it out. So it's there when it becomes relevant. Kind of reminded me yesterday, I went to a restaurant in Cache Valley and they were wearing face coverings and had these obviously rules and guidelines they're following. And it was different, but it wasn't bad. The outcomes hadn't changed. Like they still wanted us to eat, you know, they still still wanted us to to have a good time. They were in fact had put these guidelines in so that we could eat and play and have fun. So I think that's one thing that's helpful is just, you know, as the students are coming in, like these aren't could see them as basketball rules or rules in football or something like that, where the rules aren't there to limit your experience, but enhance, you know, so that people can actually enjoy the game. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good analogy. Yeah. We are really going to need to rely on, on our students, our residents in the residence halls to follow our safety protocols and safety rules. It's going to be incumbent upon everyone to have that be successful in order for them to be here and to continue to be here. So, wearing of masks will be expected in common spaces. If, if you're hanging out in a study lounge or study room by yourself, sure, take your mask off, you know, but you need to be paying attention. If you're in a, if you're playing pool with some people or ping pong, you're in close proximity to other people and you need to wear your mask. So to be responsible and, and take responsibility for your role in helping to keep your community safe. Kind of back to what you said about the Aggie family and looking out for each other. And it links perfectly to Aggie's Think, Care, Act. And that is such an important motto. It's just an important umbrella for everything that we do. 
as Aggies, we're thoughtful. We think about what's going on. We're paying attention and we care about it. We process it and, and make it something. What do I think about this? Do I care? If I don't care, what's, you know, what's going on with that? And then what action am I going to take to help make it successful or to change it or to stop it, depending on what it is? So in this case, I like the, the shift to Aggies Think Care Mask. <laughs> I think that's, that's creative and that's a good reminder. And that's what we do. We think, we care, and we mask. <laughs> that's the action that we're taking. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I'm glad that you you brought that in. And it, you talked about, you know, pe- folks wearing face coverings or face masks when they're together and studying. And that's kind of my last question. I know there's a lot of policies, even in pre-COVID world, where there were the 24-hour policies about study environments and everything. Are there any adjustments that are being put in place with the potential for a lot of students to have a more, like a heavier online sort of experience in terms of housing? Really, we anticipate people studying in their lounge the protocols put in place will have occupancy limits for our lounges. Like both, if you if you have a bunch of people here and you're all wearing masks, then this is what that would look like. If if you don't want to wear masks, then this is what the occupancy of this space is limited to. And we just really need to pay attention to that. Of course, that won't impact students within their individual living spaces. So an apartment or a suite or a room, those those roommates will be expected to and encouraged to talk as a, as a household. That's what or the health department would consider that a household. And within that household, that masks aren't going to be required. We're not going to go into people's apartments and say, hey, you all need to be wearing masks. So it's only if they're outside of their apartments in the common use spaces within their apartments or suites, we need them to be able to talk as roommates about how they're going to work things out in their apartment, what needs to happen for everyone to be comfortable. What are the plans for cleaning those high touch places that, that need to just be kept clean and wiped down every day? What is your plan for that? And so the RAs help accommodate a, a roommate agreement meeting. And this year they'll probably be done via Zoom or something like that. But to have all of the roommates together talking through things that we know are common causes of roommate conflicts and make a plan for that. And this year we'll be adding COVID also taking into account a lot of people are going to be home more studying because some of their classes are online. So how are you going to deal with that? That's a hard thing. I guess that didn't really get exactly at your question about different uh, kinds of precautions that are relate to online classes, just mostly the support that we'll be providing from the staff and acknowledgement and paying attention to that being a challenge for them. I don't, I wouldn't say that we have any specific physical plans or changes put into place for that in the residence halls. Well, in some ways, I know that I'm sure that the parents and students took a deep breath when they when they just realized that you all aren't going to be going door to door and checking, like you said, they're considered households, which I had not really thought about. But uh, that's actually really awesome. And it goes back to show why the RAs would be so important and just helping them work out things that were conflicts prior um, right. to COVID are still going to be the same. It's just like another element to add to it and to think through. So that's actually really awesome. And, and actually, this might be the, the most frugal bunch and, and household savvy group of all time. So it's kind of <laughs> cool to we'll see what uh, when we're older and see what true they'll ask, hey, what's your what's your uh, global pandemic plan? You know, yeah. they'll be very well organized, good listeners. Is there anything that I've left out that you'd want to add that you'd want students or, or parents to know before they come up or move in and, and get situated for the fall? 
I would would say that we're excited for them to come. We're we're being cautious about how we're going about things because we want to keep our staff safe. We we do have a lot of precautionary uh, safeguards put in place for our staff as well as for our residents. So you'll see that the RAs will be wearing masks, will be provided with masks to wear while they're working. They'll be wearing gloves when they do rounds because they'll be touching a lot of handrails and doorknobs and they'll be going through a lot of spaces and they'll be just being really creative with their programming. So I guess what I would say is when you get here, please pay attention to and acknowledge the policies that we need you to follow for everyone's safety but also come ready to engage and meet other people in your community and help us create a unique college experience for you. It's a unique year for sure. And no one's really sure how it's going to play out, but I think all of the students and their parents with the right support and attitude and effort, we can make it a cool experience and come out on the other end. is like, wow, we did it. That was so cool. All the things that we tried and did, worked and we're stronger and better for it. So just come with a let's we got this attitude in a respectful Aggie Think Care Act way, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. And and as I've said with some of the other folks that we've had on from different departments and the amount of time that everyone has put in, especially you all, just goes to show how much you, you really do care about the students and everyone involved. So thanks to you and your team and uh as always, go Aggies. That concludes today's episode. If you like what you've heard here, make sure you check out both our Aggie Parent and Family Podcast and our Aggie New Student Podcast. And as always, go Aggies!